On this episode, we're going to talk about how to prepare for election day. I'm redoing this intro because I forgot to publish this last night, but it's taken some ideas from things we've talked about and how to look at things logically and sanely in order to get through election day because many of us may be in danger in places where we have concerns, whereas some of you may not. So a lot of things I'm going to point out is pieces we've taken from other shows that are going to make sense for tomorrow. The upside is, unlike most other events, we've seen this coming. It's been talked about for a long time. Election Day is going to be here, and we've been hearing about planned events and protests and demonstration, many of which will definitely turn violent, as history has shown us. So how do we survive Election Day? What can I prepare for? What should I do based on where I live? Where should I not go? That's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. All right, election day is upon us. We've had many early voters. A lot of election polls are going to be open probably over 24 hours in some locations, which is a great thing. But now we need to plan for this event. I never thought I'd be having a conversation like this about our own election process for the president. But here's the bottom line. There's going to be a problem no matter who wins. That much is clear. There's just as many people on the right as there are on the left talking about if my guy wins, I know it's fake and wanting to take up arms or take up bricks or whatever they're doing to make a stand or continue taking advantage of this situation. What you need to do is take a look at your local area. First recommendation I have, stay home. For most people, I have my recommendation, stay home. For very few of it, it'll be get out. Take a look at your area. You don't have to look too far into history. Just go back to June. Look for any place around you that's had any sort of demonstration, even a peaceful one. You can almost count on there being something there. If it's been larger, been lengthier, it's involved any acts of violence or even looting, even on a small scale compared to the overall size of the people present, you should count on that possibly happening. The website we talked about, you can look this up for planned events. A few days ago, it was up to 435 planned events in cities around the country. After making some phone calls and asking some questions I could not get answers to, the best pieces of information I got were this. Anything we'd call a city that has a population of a half a million, even in their larger metro area or more, most likely has had some sort of demonstration in the last few months, unless it's in certain locations that are extremely conservative traditional areas. But still, that's not always the case. That's number one. Those are the places that's most likely to happen. Most likely going to happen in a downtown area, if there is a downtown area, if it's a smaller town like Tucson out here by me, it's going to probably happen in an area that's either directly downtown in the few blocks they have or more in the area where younger people are. And it's more what we'd see along the liberal side of things, but they're fun places. They have lots of restaurants, lots of gift shops, lots of college areas, lots of clubs. It's going to be in an area like that in a smaller town. The bigger ones you should be able to find out. Now, all this stuff's going to be online. People are buying permits for this. There's another ad out there or another article that shows a map of Washington, D.C., where they're picking the areas they want to have the protest. And from what I know of the security measures taken there, actually a lot of thought was put into this. Not enough to not publish it because counteractive effects have already gone into place, but it was looked at from a point of view, some traditional blocking positions security has put up to try to make it to their advantage as protesters, which very well may turn violent. And D.C., even the White House locked down and put up some of those new fences, temporary fences for tomorrow. There's plenty of places that are boarding stuff up. Hollywood got boarded up. Plenty of cities and downtown areas where rich people are, where places are boarded up. Security has been brought in. We're up to 10 or 12 states now that have activated the National Guard and brought them in. 
Cops are working overtime and extra shifts. A lot of first responders, emergency personnel on site. A lot of steps are being taken. The problem we're going to run into is not that just these things will happen, but can they be controlled and how long will they go on for? Now, very likely, like we've seen in other cities, these things will go on for several days in some places, especially when they're waiting for a final vote count. Because unless there's some miracle landslide with all the voting things that's been going on, there's probably going to be days, maybe even a couple of weeks, where we have to wait for the results. And some people will come out and raise hell at night and then go home in the morning. The first night's really going to be the most telling. Things to understand besides law enforcement, federal assets, FBI and ATF are in some of these locations due to the types of violence that have been there. Explosives and weapons have been involved or been found, as well as other agencies that are on the ground, most of which will not be traditionally uniformed. Some will, but some you won't know are there. I mean, for example, I've talked about this all the time. Any of these major protests or demonstrations, there's always FBI agents there. You just don't know that they're there. So these types of things will be in place. So if you live in these areas, let's say you live in a city where you know this stuff's around you, while this has been going on, this is a larger, more significant event because it's determining the next four years of the presidency and we've become a nation that most people seem to determine their own self-worth based on who they voted for instead of who they are as a person. And that's a problem. And we've seen that starting at least 10, 12 years ago, but probably even longer to some degree, instead of looking to the president as somebody who fulfills that office, whether we like him or not, we look at him like this icon that anything they say or do somehow either saves us or screws us. And I get people think that way, but this is part of what's gone on that's put us in this position. You're going to see an increase in information, just like we talked about before, about your apps or being on Google or being on Amazon or being on Facebook and the types of ads and things you see and how those run, you may see an increase. You probably already are for political stuff. My phone rings off the hook the last day before the election. People wanting my responses. So back to it. Downtown area. If they're anywhere around you and you're anywhere near the downtown area, you live in an apartment building, maybe you have a house. This is my advice. Look at where these have happened before in the last few months. The general area containment, you can usually track this from old news feeds that you can find on YouTube as well as old news articles. Figure out the range in which they've been in. Assume they could go longer if they got larger. My advice is downtown areas, if you're within a one-mile perimeter of that on any type of easy-to-walk-down road, I would get out. Uh, Maybe even out to two miles in the more violent larger cities. Some of those have covered large geographic areas. Plenty of places in this country where unless you know somebody there, didn't make the news where groups made a left turn or right turn, started heading in neighborhoods and got chased out. So if it was me and I was that close, I would leave. That's just my advice. Things you can do to prepare. It's probably too late to be go putting in high-end audio equipment and surveillance systems unless you had one laying around. But depending on how close you are, you need to make the determination whether or not you're going to stay or whether you're going to go. I don't want to freak anybody out with this, but this is very real for some people. Like if you're going to stay and you're going to be near a protest, that's fine. But if you live in the first three to four floors of an apartment building, get out of those apartments. Go up higher to a buddy's house. Large enough riots, people scale up at least three or fours all the time, sometimes farther and cause damage. You don't want to become the victim of something just because you were there. Another thing is a lot of people are going to go vote tomorrow. I think it's probably okay in places where there's a lot of support and you go out and stand in a voting line and maybe you're wearing your t-shirt or your hat, you know, and the I voted pin. I get all that. But aside from that, 
let's set what we call our rights aside because a lot of people say, I do this because it's my right. Yes, it's your right, but let's think logically here. Let's use a little common sense. Don't do anything that's going to antagonize people. Don't wear the clothing that's going to antagonize them. You don't need to dress like them, but don't dress like their opposition. Don't get into it with them. You go someplace and vote and there's protesters there on the other side of the street, ignore them. Do not engage. Engaging is just throwing fuel on the fire and it's going to cause problems. And I expect that we may see some of this in some areas. It's entirely possible. So don't antagonize anybody. Don't start shit. Don't get involved with anybody's shit. Ignore them, vote, and go home. If you're in a place where you're going to stay home or you're going to stay at your business, whatever you're going to do, but you're considering the possibility you need to leave, some simple things you need to do. One, make sure you park your vehicle in a way where you can just drive out, where you don't have to back out, which is what I always tell people that I mentioned, like in vehicle security. Make sure you can go. Make sure you have a way out. If it takes you longer to park to ensure you have a way out, that's always better in all situations, but especially tomorrow. If you're going to go and participate in any of these things, no matter which side they're for, what they're going on, that is your decision. Make sure you park a ways away, several blocks. Take a bus in there or walk in. If you're going with a group of people, take more than one vehicle. Try to stage them in a couple of locations completely separate from each other so that if something happens and they get stupid or you get cut off, you have another option on how to get to a vehicle to get out of there. If you're going to go participate in some of these things, it may be too late but I will consider looking for local hotels in the area, something not shady, but relatively nice that may have its own security or definitely in a separate location of the city you could walk to easily if you needed to. Have a room book and just go there. Gives you a safe place to go and a place to get away. Don't count on every little thing that happens that the police are going to respond to. There's all kinds of places in this country where police have been told, no, don't do that. There's all kinds of places where they're not responding to stuff. Tomorrow, expect that. In areas where you're at, if there's protests, the police can't respond to every little call, so you're going to have to need to take care of yourself. Make sure you know the quickest way in and out to any hospital. God forbid something happens at home and first responders cannot get to you or you don't want to take the chance, but you know you can not get anywhere near this riot or this demonstration that you know how to get to the hospital or veterinary clinic or any place you need to go to treat yourself or any member of your family. And I mentioned veterinary clinics because... They're important to people like us at Pets. My next recommendation would be to watch the news, which I usually say don't. I'd at least watch the news a little bit in the morning or early morning whenever they talk a little bit about the night before, but they'll talk a little bit about what's going on. They'll show things from any protest or demonstration near you. They may very well show the aftermath of it and whether or not there's people out there. Get a sense of that because they'll probably tell you when they disappeared. Later on in the afternoon, Turn it on again if you don't normally watch the news. Just look for those little pieces in your local area, your local news, not the big nationwide channel, but your local news. See when people are starting to show up, the forecast it's going to happen again. This way you can track if it's going to keep happening and how long it's going to happen for, and you can decide what you need to do if that's an area you need to get to or need to drive through or perhaps even work there. There's no reason to believe this is going to get super violent in long term, but it is reasonable that it will get violent or looting or stupid in some areas because that's been allowed to happen in many places for the last several months. Do not assume that if you live in a town matching at least the physical size of 500,000 or a few million and you believe it to be or know for sure that it's a largely conservative area, do not assume that doesn't mean it's not going to happen there, even if it hasn't happened before. Be prepared for that possibility. Something else to consider, even though I, I mentioned unless it was a landslide victory, 
The bottom line is half the country is not going to agree with these results. So let's say it shows as a landslide victory. The first thing you're going to hear is about voter fraud. It doesn't matter who the winner is. We're still going to have problems. Here's the other thing. A lot of people I know that lean more toward the right and conservative side assume there's only going to be issues in the liberal areas if the president wins. I think that's a foolish notion. How many times have you ever seen when you were in college or just in your local area where people have something happen like, their team wins the Super Bowl. Their team wins the World Series. Their college won some championship. Their local high school did this, and everybody went and got cited and had a good time, and bad things end up happening in their happiness and excitement. Don't assume that if there's areas that have liberal demonstrations, it's only going to get stupid if the president wins or it looks like the president wins. It has just as much potential either way. Also, for all you out there that are liberals or conservatives, don't assume it's only liberals doing it. There's just as many stupid people on the right. Some are well-intentioned, but some are outright foolish. People talking about taking weapons, wearing body armor, essentially LARPing. For most of them, it's LARPing. And going out and trying to protect property. Now that sounds like a good notion, but here's the thing. If you ain't got the balls or the courage to coordinate with law enforcement to let them know who you are and where you're at and why you're there and taking advice from them, all you're doing is antagonizing and give them a problem to think about. They don't need that. The other thing is, too, is I can appreciate anybody's desire to go protect property, even federal buildings, statues. I'm never going to try to deny your right that you believe that you can do that. However, comma, you need to consider the fact if you weren't asked to do it, if something goes down, you're going to be just as much a part of the problem. I mean, look at that kid in Wisconsin. To me, that shoot looked good, and then he got extradited a few days ago to face murder charges, and it screwed him up. We don't know what's going to happen with him. You cannot go into these situations if you want to participate and assume that because you believe you're right, you say you know you're right, but you believe you're right that it's going to work out for you every time or that everybody's going to be safe. These places are going to be dangerous. The other thing is, if you're in an area and let's say there's preparations you need to make, things you need to purchase, maybe you want to board up your windows, maybe whatever, and you make it through the first night, go do those in the morning, early when the hardware stores open, when nobody's going to be around. Make any preparations you need to make. If you're choosing to stay and you think there's going to be a danger there. I don't anticipate there's going to be a run on Home Depots, but you never know in some areas. We could see results of people panicking where they start buying out toilet paper and water again or food stores go low for a few days. That's theoretically possible in some areas. I don't think it's very likely, but that could happen. The other thing, too, is you need to be prepared for the fact that if you make a simple minor infraction like running a stop sign or pulling you know, uh, pulling in the lanes without signaling or you're speeding a few miles over the limit, I would presume the cops are probably going to be in somewhat of a mood <laughs> or definitely extremely cautious if you're in an area where these things have gone on or are going on. And I'm talking about the protests that turn into riots and get stupid. They don't know who you are. They have no reason to believe anything you say. Just go along with this. My advice, go through the motions, give them the stuff you need to give them. Don't react to their appearance of an attitude or the way that they're handling you. You don't know what they've gone through. You don't know what their day's been like. You don't know what the last traffic stop was. Don't antagonize. Do understand that if you're in an area where you think these things potentially could happen and you choose to stay there and it comes to your door in your neighborhood, if you cannot leave immediately, you need to be prepared to accept those consequences of what may happen. 
which could be just simple property damage to as much as violence. So you got to ask yourself, they come to your neighborhood, maybe they break a few windows, they get a little stupid, no matter what side of the political spectrum they're on. What do you do? Do you go out and confront them? Do you turn all your lights off? Do you lock all your doors? There's a lot of options there you need to consider. The worst thing you could do would be interact with them if they're not on your property or damaging or threatening you. Because all you're doing is drawing them to you. So don't draw them to you. But you need to be prepared for that fact. If you're going to choose to be in that situation or stay and find yourself in that situation, are you prepared to take care of yourself and your family? Do you have a plan for them? Perhaps you can just forego the potential of it that may or may not happen and take a break, take a trip, take a weekend. Another thing to look at too is being in your vehicle and finding yourself in these situations. Try not to panic. Try to stay calm. Try not to interact. Try to avoid those areas. This is part of why we look those areas up because if you're going to be traveling around an area and none of the stuff's going to come to your home, but you're going to be traveling around there for work, find that stuff out and where it is and avoid it. Take the extra 20, 30, even 45 minutes driving around to avoid those situations to be safe and not contribute to that. You can get trapped in these situations with a vehicle. Don't be like all these guys out there that say, oh, if I was in that position, I'd just floor it and run through them. Yeah, those guys are geniuses and they say it on the internet and it's there forever, which means when they do that and then they get investigated, they're going to get taken down for murder because it's going to look like they planned and waited for that opportunity and put themselves there. Don't be that guy. If you find yourself in a situation in the vehicle and somebody's coming after you in a vehicle, okay, whether or not you're armed, you better know your laws and decide what you want to do. But I will tell you this, to the best of your ability, stay in that vehicle. The second you get out, when you're surrounded, you are done. People get killed that way or maimed, and that has happened to people already, just a few, but it has happened. Best thing you can do, stay in that vehicle. If you choose to drive through a group of people to get away, if you believe that your life is in danger, I am not a lawyer giving you advice. I'm just telling you to survive. But the best thing is avoidance. This is all part of what we talk about in the gray man thing, but tomorrow is a really good example of it for the people that are going to be in these situations. Okay, everybody seems to think this gray man thing is all about how you dress. And I've been telling people it's about 5% of it. Your appearance is good for about 30 seconds of any interaction. Rarely longer, a lot of times shorter. Okay, the second biggest thing is avoidance, avoiding situation, calling risk analysis. What's the risk if I go here? Is there a way to lower that risk? Yeah, don't go there. Go around. Think things through, plan things out. I know I should have got this out sooner. I've just been recording other shows and getting things prepared. And then it just kind of woke up and it was Monday and realized, oh yeah, we're voting tomorrow. And I woke up at like 3 a.m. to make this. So just remember, avoidance is key. You can have all the attitude and bravado and ego you want and talk about all your rights, but that's just one day going to get you in trouble. And hopefully if that ever happens, it doesn't get anybody else in trouble or anybody else hurt. Put that stuff aside. Avoidance is number one. Don't interact. Do not engage. Do not antagonize. If you think you have a concern and you don't want to be there, then leave. Leave for a day and watch the news. Go to your buddy's house even. You don't have to go get a suite up in the Hilton. Go to a friend's house. Get out of town a few miles. Just go have dinner on the other side of town and watch a movie. Just get away while it's going on. Track on the news. How stupid is it getting? 
If you're a person that chooses to go participate in any of these, just understand that you are individually accepting the responsibility of that decision and to be accountable for your own actions, which means I hope that for most people, it's a normal, peaceful demonstration and protest against or for whatever the results are that don't get stupid, but understand these things happen and they're happening a lot and a lot more than most people realize because most of them aren't covered on the news. They're a lot smaller in smaller areas and they're only covered locally. So if you put yourself in that position, you are now responsible for that decision. So keep that in mind. If you choose to go out to any of these places carrying a weapon, just understand there's been instances where people had weapons doing absolutely nothing and were chased down. That's why Kyle Rittenhouse was shooting those guys. A couple of them pointed, hey, he has a weapon, and they went after him. He's not the only person that's happened to. There's been plenty of people that had weapons. They thought they had weapons. They get bum-rushed. It's a mistake to think that if you're on the right, that anybody out there on the left doesn't have a weapon. Remember all those occupied zones like the CHOP up in Seattle, the CHOP, the CHAZ, they tried it in Portland and a few other areas? They were armed. That doesn't mean you need to show up armed. That's your own decision. But don't think that you are somehow protected because you're holding a firearm. Okay, Owning a guitar doesn't make you a musician any more than having a gun on you makes you armed. It's your ability to think first, be a thinker, know your laws, know what your rights are, know what you can and cannot do. And if you actually know all those things, most people be like, yeah, I wasn't invited to go here and be a security guard, so I'm not going to. But that's your own decision. Just understand you're responsible for those decisions. If you have anybody important in your life or in your home or in your house, please think of them first and not yourself. What's best for them? I say this only because a lot of people I know that lean more toward the right or more to the left, kind of more of the extreme sides, but not like crazy, tend to focus on their own thoughts and opinions and what they want to see happen first, and they ignore those around them. Don't do that. First, start with the analysis, threat analysis. The threat is there will, in fact, be 435 known planned locations, not to mention multiple targets in seven at least seven major cities and D.C., but probably more, not to mention all the other ones we know about. At a minimum, there are 500 planned demonstrations, probably more like 1,000 across the country. Currently, they're planned in every single state. There will be one in every single state. Amazingly, there will be demonstrations in places like South Dakota. Now, I expect places like that probably won't even happen. But I'm willing to bet in 40 of them, at least, it's probably going to happen. Then... Where are those locations? Where have they been going on for the last four months? And what has happened? Not your opinion. What has actually happened? Has there been looting? Has there been violence? Has there been attacks? Have people been put in the hospital? Have people been killed? Have weapons been involved? Okay. Safe bet. Presume very likely that could happen again. What was their location? Their area of operation? What terrain did they follow? What path did they follow? How quickly did they move? Expand that out by at least 50% for the fact that it could be much larger. Find out the numbers and sizes of those demonstrations in your area. Every time the number doubles, add a circumference distance on their AO of at least 25% just for a minimum safe distance. So it gets stupid really quick. So keep track of that. Then you figure out, am I within that zone or close enough to it? I'm not comfortable. And then make a decision on what to do. If you're in the zone, I'd get out. That's just me. Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm 12 miles from the Mexico border. I'm not in the zone. I'm not in any zone whatsoever. But for many of you out there, you can be. 
And all this information is helpful too, because I know we got listeners in other places around the world, including France that has some writing going on in Paris right now. We know we'd had things on again, off again in Hong Kong. I have at least one listener there. Actually, I think I have two listeners there. And these things are happening all the time. It's just kind of new for America. We pretend like it's not, but it is. This is a newer, bigger thing that hasn't happened in this amount of demonstrations, potential violence since probably the civil rights era. So this is something to pay attention to. So again, do your threat analysis. Find out where these locations are, how big were the locations, how often did it happen, how many people were there, what kind of incidents happened, what kind of law enforcement response was or was not involved. Every time that size doubles, to the best of your knowledge, at least expand the circumference 25% just to account for the fact that they're motivated and happier, motivated and angry. Assume that most of them will increase at least by 50% before the night's over, theoretically possible. Remember that there'll be layers of security that you won't see, concentric rings. Think of it as concentric circles of security layered deep with federal and local law enforcement as well as emergency services staged in different areas. Not to mention all the other types of, I'll call first responders, that a handful of you might know what I'm saying, that will be there and be present in unmarked vehicles that are not what most of you are thinking, that will handle business if things were to get that far out of control. Those types of assets have been put on standby in a few locations already, some just out of normal protocol and a, at least three others out of requested necessity for the potential of violence. Why well, I don't recommend you go there. It could get stupid real fast. So I hope you find this helpful. Hopefully you get a chance to listen to this either tonight or early on election day. Hopefully it does some good for you and the best thing that could happen is we don't even need this podcast and nothing goes on. It'd be great if we pretty much had a result within a day. Everybody went out and did something stupid for four or five hours. Nobody got hurt and it all went away and we went back to business. But I don't think that's reality. So remember, think first. Don't engage. Don't go to emotional. Don't react. Just do what you need to do. Stay off the streets if you're in a dangerous area. And follow that threat assessment plan. In our next upcoming episodes, we're going to be talking about how to read eye movements as well as doing a viewer Q&A. And right now, I'm in discussions with some people to get my left and right limits. I have not decided yet, but I have been asked again to talk about Edward Snowden. It came up again, I think, because he's applying for citizenship or might be in Russia. I don't know that I'm going to do that podcast. It'd be the first and probably only controversial thing if I did do it. Not sure I'm going to do it, but I am looking into that. Make sure that my I's are dotted and T's are crossed so I don't say things that aren't publicly available. Anyway, thanks for listening. I hope this podcast helps you. Shoot me some questions. You can find my contact info, my emails, social media, and the show notes below. And then we'll have another episode for you here soon right here on Greyman, Hiding in Plain Sight.